Hi, my name is RJ Kozane, and you are listening to PGH Art Talk as part of pghmuseums.org artist interview series. It's where we sit down with an artist and talk about, well, whatever we want, really. Episode number one was with Derek Peel. We talked about her exhibition, Get Well Soon, that is currently down at the 707 Gallery, Penn Avenue, in downtown Pittsburgh. It is up until the end of the year. I know this episode number two is coming out on the 30th of December, so you have today and tomorrow to get down there and take one last look at it, and I highly recommend it. On the 31st, there is a closing reception, so keep that in mind as well. Sounds like it could be a lot of fun. This episode was with Zach Brown, who is a beautiful painter, and I was so honored to be able to go to his residence and studio to sit down and speak with him about what he does. We got off topic so many times and talked about so many things. It was was probably one of the most entertaining talks that I've had with anybody in a very long time. I mean, just listen to how we're describing what's going to go down in this podcast right now. All right. We should get started on this interview. I oh, I thought we already started. Chatting. Yes. We're talking about religion, we're cults, everything. We're going to talk sex, religion, and politics. It's going to be like Christmas to dinner. Want. You're going to impeach us at the end of this interview. <laughs> oh, I love peaches. Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, you know it's going to be a good interview when you sit down, and as soon as the two of you take a seat, you're just getting into whatever kind of small talk and obscure conversation that you can imagine. Before any of this even began, we talked about Jonestown. Especially the Jonestown, the final thing. Yeah, yeah. I listened to the tape. I sampled the tape on the song. It gets like, very quiet at the end. It, so it really, it really is. It it's does get really quiet. I, I think it's, it could be meditate. I'm going to try to meditate to that tonight. I don't That's I the promo. Not suggest it. It's like, mm, you, just, you just have yourself, well, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was lying. Elron <laughs> Hubbard. Odd. Elron uh, Hubbard steals Jack Parsons' girlfriend. And they're just porking around. All is this like real life scandal or is this like tabloid gossip? No, no, this is real life it? scandal. And then. I mean, we talked about everything. And when we finally sat down to talk about his upbringing, where he's at, where he lives, what he does. We started right in the physical space. We had the chance to go to his studio and place of residence that he lovingly calls the schoolhouse. And I want to start. I actually don't drink coffee. You don't... Wait, wait. We got sidetracked again. You don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. I don't use caffeine. Are there any artists in the area besides you who do not drink coffee? I need to know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Talk to me if you do. I just do completely, I just do raw cocaine first thing in the morning. Uncut. That's where to do it. That is the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, not the way. I, I take a shower to wake up. That's how I get up in the morning. I do the same thing. I take a shower to go to bed. I waste water. I'm very ungreen. I mean, same. I do one in the morning. I do one at night. And yesterday was the first day I did not have coffee because I ran out. Mm. I ran on empty the whole day. Nothing creative got done. Work <sighs> slumped no. over the desk. But we did get there. We're in the schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. That's what you call it, correct? It's what I call it, yeah. It's technically, I guess, a neighborhood house was what okay. it was. So, like, Alan Letters and Friends is a John Munhall neighborhood house. It's what it used to be back in the day. Okay. We have a little plaque out there that um, it was going to be a distillery. Mm-hmm. They figured they couldn't make it work as a distillery or they couldn't work with each other. I've heard multiple stories. Whichever one, the juiciest one, is the one well, we want to hear. This is some hot goss, hot yes. goss. Stay tuned distillery. For. It didn't work out, but it worked out for me. I found it on Craigslist um, and then worked out a scam where I can have multiple people live here. 
and live work artist spaces and this helps cover the mortgage and then we cohabitate and make work nice are you guys like separated or do you we're in this huge studio which we, I'm sure will be cut the in main thing the video, but yeah the main thing we share is the kitchen and the bathroom so that's intimate enough that's enough that's enough whenever you're creating something well you're you're, you're creating something you eat and then you create something else yes exactly <laughs> it's all art when yeah. i'm baking cookies i bake a ton of creativity into them oh see i, I can't bake i can't bake too much science too much mixing oh I can, I can, I can cook. This is more improvisational. I'm like, oh yeah, put an egg in that. At this point, Sam walks in. At the schoolhouse, it's not just Zach Brown. It's multiple artists living and working in this space. This actually brings us to our next topic, which is Space Gallery, where something new involving Zach is happening. All right, go for it, man. No, you're good. You're good. So Sam is artist, sculptor um ex-marine also and then just curating a show coming up in the spring nice down at space gallery okay and that's actually on um the show is kind of based around relics so i'll be in that show as well yes i'm always downtown so i'm when does that open Mm. is there an opening yet i should know because i need the work finished by then (laughs) but um deadlines who needs them eventually deadlines can be very motivating they can be especially when you're down to that wire and it's like oh this goes up tomorrow oh my goodness i was with the monsters i was doing stripes for forever and like until i went fucking cross-eyed doing all the copper stripes the monsters he's referring to are part of an exhibition he put up at the pittsburgh center of the arts called 13 monsters in terms of the monsters it was called 13 monsters it was Mm -hmm. at the center and uh, we have a mutual friend who you put in the exhibition, Brian Swarick. Oh, W-Y-P, yeah. Who we love. Brian's a sweetheart. Yes, he is. He's fantastic. Yes. And my question Also famous that, as Abraham Lincoln. Yes. We love the drag scene. Mm-hmm. I did not get to see Abraham Lincoln, but I have seen pictures and it was glorious. I've seen the evidence. And it stacks up against them. That he I just does have like the gams. A beard in the corner of a room that you just pick up and you're like, aha, you were Abraham Lincoln. I knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> all along. <laughs> Almost like there are uh, some masked vigilante running around town. But in those heels, I don't know, it'd be difficult. He can run with them. She's fine. Sure footed. Sure footed. Yes, for sure. I was going to ask you why you called Brian a monster, but now we know. I'm just paid. <laughs> the evidence was in the corner. We picked it up. Abraham Lincoln, alter egos, it's done. But for real, 13 monsters, 13 portraits, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I had, um, so it was basically coming from the show I did prior to that was, uh, the title was, if we keep this up, we're going to kill each other. And it was a, a lot of uh, kind of over the top dead animals hanging around each other. So mm. it's like, a bouquet of dead birds, a garlic braid of dead rats, um, a maypole of dead cats. And I was going there doing a lot of tiny fur, a lot of egg temper, little lines coming across, putting all the fuzz together. And I was like, okay, so my next show, I'm going to go easy on myself. I'm just going to do 13 monsters. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to do this. And I had proposed the show um, to PCA and they picked it up and then I'm like oh I've got like four and a half months to do this <laughs> this will not be as relaxing as I thought huge body of work to present in four months yeah and I had decided to put them all in these intricately striped robes 
So that was all that too. And I'm not really like an improvisational painter. I um, have a plan. I execute more of a draftsman and problem solve as I go. I'm not really all a premium, like, ooh, what inspires me in the moment? Right. I get inspired in other moments. A lot of those, you know, sleeping in cemeteries and drinking gin. Just the norm. And then you sketch it out and then you have it. Right. So then you have it. Hanging on the wall. Yeah. But then after that, that's when the, the work starts and start planning and constructing and more like building it. So I think of the paintings more like totem poles or uh, fetish objects where you kind of, they start to acquire marks and building over time. So it's not really like a window into a world. It's more like him building it as a standalone object itself, even though there's representation in the painting. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I do them life-size or larger. So then they start to feel less like I'm peering through a window or looking at a picture. It's more like, oh, this is kind of a entity onto itself. Yeah. Which is, makes them tough for people to have in their homes because it's like, oh, this extra roommate's hanging out and he's not paying rent. He's just looking at me all the time. From there, we saved into how his aunt and uncle were renting on a property they have in New York that has some of his paintings hanging on the walls. And some of the people who shared that space weren't very happy about a couple paintings staring at them all of the time. Are they still hanging? No, they took them down. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, you know. I mean, when it's that big, that's life size. You have monsters staring at you in your bedroom. Which may or may not happen They're there sometimes. anyways, yeah. yeah. Do, you have, do you ever get sleep paralysis? I've had sleep paralysis once. Mm. And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever had in my life. I get about once a month. Once a month? Oh, yeah. How? <laughs> well, I fall asleep, and then I think I'm awake, and then there's demons <laughs> in my not, room, yes. and I can't move. Oh, man. That is... Although there's a new development. Good. I've been getting, like, night terrors, which is a real delight to my fiancé. I have only had a few night terrors. <laughs> I just... I'm... I'm don't realize that I just sit up straight in my sleep and just scream uh, or I go oh, oh. <laughs> it's like a ghost it's like it's a possession <laughs> it's like, it, like my, my guts are haunted it just comes out <laughs> just like oh. my, my grandfather would have uh, night terrors mm -hmm. it was always the same thing um, just like some guy chasing with a knife never calm yet so keep on running grandpa you yes, got it can't no <laughs> once you're caught and you're dead you die in your sleep you die in real life it's the folklore. This is what the Matrix taught me. <laughs> yes. And now I know Kung Fu. All out of paralysis. I, yeah, well, sleep paralysis, it, it's, it's been around for a long time. Uh, Do you ever see the old painting, the, the nightmare? It has like a little demon sitting on the woman's chest and there's yeah. a horse coming through the curtains. Yeah. Um, it's a great painting. And then they did a wonderful etching of it too. It was very popular at the time. And actually, oh, what's his name? Um, Fusilli, I want to say, a big inspiration uh, to Blake later on. Mm -hmm. But so I did my kind of succubus painting. Yes, so which you can see on your website front and center this moment you go there. Yeah, it, uh, it's, a, it's a fun one. I, my, my friends came and posed for that. And then, um, it, well, now wife was kneeling on his chest and he's like, can we get this, can we get this reference like quickly? My rib cage is going to collapse. It's the point of the succubus. Exactly. It's supposed to deteriorate well, you. Well, this is the funny thing. So, like, in the early church, people are, like, coming into confession. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm sinning in my sleep. And they're like, what do you mean you're sinning in your sleep? It's you like, know they want to hear it. It's nocturnal emissions. Yeah. So they kind of, but it kind of was all grouped together, like uh, succubus, incubus, uh, nocturnal emissions, sleep paralysis. So they kind of all rolled that together. And it's like, it's like 
oh, it's a demon eating your life fluid, but you're not sinning, so you're fine. It's like, oh, that's both comforting and terrifying. It's like, yeah, that's on brand for the Catholic Church. That's exactly on brand for the Catholic Church. <laughs> comforting and terrifying. And all of this is on brand for Zach Brown as well. If you take one look at his work, ZachBrownArt.com, or if there's an exhibition that's going on, it's all very dark and um, sometimes grim, sometimes a little bit lighthearted, sometimes a bit funny, you know? Everything that's going on on this podcast today. He grew up in the Catholic Church. He's mentioned before in prior interviews that he has a fear of death, but who doesn't? And it's just so refreshing to see an artist in the area just sticking all of these influences into their art and just throwing it in there in the most creative in-your-face way possible. It was a, an absolute joy to sit down with Zach Brown. And I could not have done it without you who's listening right now. So thank you so much. And I, a special thank you to our members as well. I, I can't thank you enough if you've signed up already. It's $20. You can do it on pghmuseums.org. It gets you a certain percentage of admission to some of our affiliated galleries, museums, spaces. Also gets you sometimes a percent off in certain museums' gift shops. And I was just on the website the other day and saw that Ton Pottery in Millville is giving a percentage off classes. You want to learn pottery? You want a discount? There it is. pghmuseums.org. There is a members button. Just hit it. Sign up 20 bucks for a year. Get you all those perks. And we're building. We're constantly building. We're volunteer ran. And we're hoping to expand. Your gift helps us to expand. And if you don't have the dough for right now, that's all right. Just listening, just supporting, spreading the word, regardless of whether you're a member or not. Thank you so much so so much and thank you to sidekick media as well sidekick media services we are your sidekick in business for social media video production and more find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com this next segment with zach brown hang on to your seat because it has some twists and some turns but it's absolutely worth it we go back to brian sawarik hi if you're listening by the way good old friend and uh kind of Get a little quirky here. We talk about having a sea of Abraham Lincolns in hell when we both go there after we die. And uh, eventually get off topic to some gooski, some local eats in the area, which is a fantastic bar with some great food. Apparently, if you listen to what Zach has to say. And segs back into a uh, story about his art teacher, which is definitely worth it to listen to. Yeah, dreams, nightmares. This is a lot of thing. And like, I think this is the thing with doing the monsters or doing a lot of the imagery that I use is, I mean, because we don't know what death's like. I haven't been dead. Have you? I don't think so. I, I, no, not That yet. guy behind you who's not on camera goes skeleton right behind Zach on brand for both of us. <laughs> uh, he's been dead, but no, we have not been dead. We've been very alive this entire time. Yeah, but so I think we imagine death to be like sleeping or we mm -hmm. imagine to be like dreams. Um, so I think we start to occupy like the afterlife with the stuff from our dreams. And it starts to look this way. And luckily, I only have nightmares, but so I know I'm going to hell. <laughs> it's more fun there, anyhow. Absolutely. I hear it's fun. All my friends are there. Yes, I will be there. Abraham Lincoln. I will dress as Abraham Lincoln so Brian can go up there because he there might be a chorus line of Abraham Lincolns, just like the Rockettes. This would be a look. This would be a look. This is a look. I'm picturing it in my mind right now, and I can't even go on. Like, I'm ready to go to Bloom Man. Let's go to the drag show. There we go. <laughs> I was at, at Gooski's last night. Mm -hmm. 
It's a fun place. Had a, had a nice gin and tonic and plenty of pierogies. I've never had their pierogies. They're actually not bad, but you know what was really good right there? They're provolone sticks. They hand cut it. They hand batter cheese it Cheese sticks there. are my joke. Oh, these are not cheese sticks. These are cheese chodes, my friend. They are beefy. They're beefy You're boys. You're my language. And they hand bread it. They hand batter it there. They fry it up. Never frozen. Always fresh. It's just like Wendy's. <laughs> it is not just like, like Wendy's. No, it's much better. Much better than Wendy's. I'm, we're going to Gooski's. Although Dave, Dave from Wendy's. Well, he, you know, he was, he was, Where a, are we going with this? he was an orphan. He was adopted. He donated a lot to charities for orphanages and all yes. this type of thing. Yeah. He was a good man. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about him. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the cheese sticks though. My I'm art teacher in um, high school, she, uh, she was like, this was when she was, I think she was fresh out of school. She was like kind of low on cash, but there was this big cash award for a Pippi look, a Pippi Longstyke docking lookalike competition. Okay. And she shows up. She's got it down to the T. She's she's a little petite lady, and she's got it down. She's a they give it to a baby, a baby who oh, didn't even dress man. themselves up, and she's like. So then she she's like so she's driving home. She stops off at Wendy's because Pippi and Wendy very Hand similar looks. Hands. Yeah, they may be siblings. We don't know. So she shows up and she's like, "Can I just get a free burger?" They're like, why would we do that? She's like, she look at me. She's like, she's just like, she works hard. Just look at what I'm wearing. I look like Wendy. I look like Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Come on. So there was not a good day. Did she get the burger? I don't know if she got the burger. I'm pretty sure she didn't. It's been it's been since high school since I've heard the story. If you're watching, please follow up. I need to know if you got the burger. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. To his art teacher, if you aren't watching that artist interview and you're listening to this podcast, please reach out and tell me if you got that free burger because you deserved it, Queen. I always appreciate little anecdotes like that from really pretty much anybody. Because when you're in the creative field, there's always someone who, whether they've influenced your art or was just kind of a person who was there in the room while you were developing your style that you can reflect back on. And there's little funny stories or little little tidbits about them that stick out. And it's just kind of this lighthearted story and thing that you have in your brain that when you're kind of in a rut, creatively you can you can cycle back to that and be like oh remember that one time when i was in art class doing god knows what and my teacher was dressed as pippi longstocking and it's just kind of drags you out of the hell that creating can sometimes be um after that we sagged around to what he was doing in the present right now he has something up in uh, new york and he goes into a lot of detail about what went on with that it's a small work show at Booth Gallery. Um, this could be up for a spell, but it's hanging in some very good company. Um, Over 40 artists. Yeah, yeah. And I believe the tagline, I wrote it down because I thought it was pretty pretty good. So it's Microdose is the name of the exhibition. Yeah. And it is Big Artists in Manageable Doses. Yeah. Well, that's the so thing. So lots of egos, little rooms. A little, well, it's a big room, but little pieces. Yes. It's, 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 well, it's one of the more, ma- it's some of the more manageable size work I've made. Okay. I, as opposed to the I'm a bit ones. of, I'm a bit of a size queen, I guess. Who's not? <laughs> so I, I saw in the exhibition, you have a, a cast iron cat, which I, did you do a lot of cast iron work or? I, uh, only recently, um, I had the cats and different animals from the last series of work I have, I did. Oh, not the last one, the previous one of that, the, if, 
if we keep this up, we're going to kill each other. But right across the river is the carry furnace. Mm-hmm. And they do um, classes there. They do arm pouring. And then my one um, roommate, Gwen, she does a lot of iron work and all this type of stuff. So I had all these dead animals laying around. I was like, whoa, 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 what can I do with them? And, like, I'm not going to do a potluck, so I'm going to. <laughs> no, no, no. So I took them over there. They put me in the stinky corner, and I cast them all in iron. I did a whole yeah, series of uh, birds and rats, so I'm going to clean those up get them all done so i had some dead crows actually uh the one crow i got it came out really well but um there's a period of time where i was like asking my friends to send me dead birds okay as you do yeah so people would hit me up they're like hey you want to meet up i got dead birds so i'm at the i'm at the mardi gras and my friend like slides a bag down the bar and the owner she's like wait what's this what you What's going on here? I'm like, what's in the bag? I'm like, it's a dead bird. It's like, come on, man. Don't mess with me. It's like, you, you you can't be selling drugs here. I'm like, no, it's a dead bird. It's like, all right. And he opens up. It's like, that's a dead bird. And it's a dead bird. <laughs> Want another drink? Did you get a free drink out of that at least? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. That's all that Thank God. <laughs> And thank God he did get that drink because when you have a dead bird at the bar and someone mistakes it for drugs, I mean, the bartender owes you really. From there, we just kept going down the death hole. I saw you have um, the death element in everything you do, including animals. Um, but I saw also, like, kind of, like, you have a I'm horse. A, I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of death imagery. It's like, yes. it's like the oh, let's, let's, go, let's go to church. Oh, this is beautiful. It's a lovely space. Oh, who's this sexy man? What's going on? Oh, no, they're killing him. <laughs> Sebastian. Yeah. Thought, I did see you did that as well. Yeah. Was that part of the monster? Was it a different accident? No, that, that was, I did that um, when I first moved back to Pittsburgh. I was living okay. in this um, garage by a, an auto collision place down by the Artie Fleming Bridge mm. and taking sink showers. And I had a rope swing, so that was fun. Okay. But I was uh, building the Sebastian there, uh, constructing it there, and kind of really thinking of it as like that totem element of it, just like that kind of straight up figure with the hands bound behind it and then just the over-the-top amount of arrows going to like very kind of pincushiony. Yes. Yeah, and I just left it with the underpainting because the I was very happy with the rending, and I decided not to take it to full chroma and glaze it. So I left it with the kind of the terravert underpainting on that. Very nice. Yeah, cool. But but with the animals, going back to that, yeah. like everything with humans, it's so easy to be so morbid and just like monsters, Sebastian with arrows through him, and you know we kind of think of animals, and we kind of think of like a more lighter sense. Mm. I did see um, on the website, on his website, you can see uh, one of the paintings. You did have a dog, and it's it's just a dog, as far as I know, but it's still painted very mature and very dark. Um, yeah, it's kind of doing like kind of a nubus thing with it. Yeah, so there's always even whenever you're you're sagging from like subject to subject, like human to something else, that dark element is it always there, or you kind of start out like maybe I won't kill the bird today. Just kind of like let them fly around. What are you talking about? I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think that's the thing. I um, I think when you're making paintings, you're already dealing with something that's going to outlive you. Mm-hmm. So there's already going to be kind of a mortality thing there. It's it's also like even like kind of painting or drawing or photography. This is a bit of a death mask too. It's capturing a moment, even and even just like kind of like a technical narrative, the accumulation of mark making it. It has a time element to it, and 
you know, most of the art you see or go and look at in museums or go see around, they're all fucking dead. So you're going to have this kind of like reaching through the ages thing about this. This is kind of a marker and kind of a, an art inheritance. Um, you know, you see a cave painting and they're there and they're like, you know, the where they spray the, they would take the pigment and spray around the hand, like through a bird bone. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like, you know, it's almost like they're reaching through time. Yeah. Like we're reaching through the wall. There's something kind of, um, I think that's what's important for me. So there's, there's going to be like a morbid curiosity with the work, but I think really what it is, is like, what can a painting do? At least this is a question I ask myself. Is like, what a painting? What can a painting do that a photograph can't? I think that's why there's not a lot of movement in the work. There's a lot of okay. static qualities, and I think that's a kind of like, it's it's slower. It's a slower art. <clears throat> we see images all the time, especially in a digital age, and it's tons of fun. From oh no, I love seeing all the images and everything. It's fast. It's I mean, I can't imagine a time existence where humans have had more visual things to look at. It's thrown at you all day long. You know, it's like line offline. Well, it's, it's everywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, talking back in like uh, we were talking about the church earlier. Like this is why these churches were so over the top. You most of your time is like I'm looking at a field or I'm looking at a dirt wall, and then you go to this place and it's gilded and there's everything. And they're like, oh god, what the hell is all this? Right. And then I, I think that's why it's like we have things move so fast. I think it's it's nice to have that kind of slow down and spend a little time with a painting and, you know, have it, you know, take pause. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a bit of, like, the death element is have people take pause and kind of, uh, I don't know, get, it, you know, get in their own skin for a second. You know? And you have to be when you're looking at a painting because it is very still and nothing is moving in a painting. Mm -hmm. But there's so much, especially with you, like craftsmanship and so much subtlety that goes into it. Just looking at these robes, there's monsters around the studio surrounding us. And uh, the, the robes look just like so painstakingly done that even in stillness, there's still so much movement to look at. Well, I think you do have to reward the viewer in a certain way. Um, it's like it's like having that back and forth between the abject and the beautiful, that kind of push-pull. So I think the subject matter can be a little difficult to swallow at times, but I think you have that attraction aversion thing where you want to, at least the goal is to have people want to look and spend time with it, and then be a little uncomfortable too. But then start to wonder, what is this? I want it to be, if if I could really, I think I would really succeed if my paintings can be like scabs. Like, you just, you know you're not supposed to pick at it, but you can't stop picking at it. Just like, what is this? What is this? Yes. If I can get like that type of like brain worm, I'll be very happy. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> you flatter me. <laughs> I, I mean, call me a scab. <laughs> Off camera. Okay. <laughs> uh, so for right now, I mean, I'm, I'm skipping the union of a scab. <laughs>
Well, we then segged into one of the more longstanding pieces that you can go and see. It's uh, an archangel, which is hanging at the de- at the lower level of spirit in Lawrenceville. Uh, we bring it up and we talk about how he gets his subjects to pose or become one of the pieces that he works on. Yeah, so that was piece is actually from undergrad. Oh, okay. So sometimes it's like, oh no, how embarrassing, my old work. <laughs> it's great though, it it's fits the aesthetic. Yeah, the it works out so well. It is the angel and spirit, the archangel and spirit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then that was my uh, girlfriend's younger sister that posed for that. Okay. <laughs> they actually had the sword at their house, so whipped that out and I made a ragtag outfit posed with like some belts out of a bed sheet. As a, you know, how do you solve a problem like Maria? As like dressing the Von Trapp children. How do you go about even asking people like that you know to do these? Like, hey Brian, want to be a monster? Hey, want to be this? The monsters was easy. I I put it out there, so it was easy because like no one was going to be nude completely. They just had Mm. these robes on. But um, I just put out there and people showed up, and it's kind of like if you build it, they will come type situation. Yeah. But most of the other times, like I would get, I call on my friends a lot. And I grew up with a close-knit group of people and known each other for, well, some of them for over two decades now. Um, but so it's like half the time I, they'll see a, like a look in my eye and they're like, okay, Zach, how naked do I have to get? I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to get Not that this naked. Time. Oh, you can get naked anytime you want. <laughs> but for this one, it's just going to be your feet sticking out. For the last part of the interview, I just kind of wanted to go to where his upbringing was. We've talked about the schoolhouse. We've talked about where his work has been hanging up and hanging out. We've talked about death, where we're going to go when we die, and religion. He grew up in a small town. He grew up in Mars, went to Rhode Island for school in New York, came back here living in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Greensburg, moved to Pittsburgh, went to school in Arizona. So we kind of had that in common, that kind of traveling, but being from small towns and ending up in Pittsburgh. It got derailed. (laughs) Just as this podcast begins, so it ends. We just went off on tangents, and uh, it's very entertaining and comical. So I'm just going to let this play out and uh, and (laughs) enjoy. And uh, I guess the last last thing I really, really am interested in is you've been in the schoolhouse. Have you been here for a while? Three years now. Three years. Prior to that, you grew up in Mars, not too far away. No, no, no. Small town. And I was conceived in uh, in the city. Okay. I did the math. How did you do the math? Well, birthday, and then um, when they moved out to uh, Mars. Actually, there's a funny story about this. I, um, Eric Shiner, he used to be here in the city. He's doing a new project now out in uh, Red Hook, but... I had met him once or twice in passing in New York, and I moved back to Pittsburgh. And when we went to the Mardi Gras, we were hanging out and talking. And then he didn't grow up too far from where I was out in Mars. And we were talking, and I was like, and he was like, well, actually, I was conceived a couple blocks over. He goes, what street? I go, Ivy Street. He goes, what house? I go, oh, you know the house with Flamingo Doors? He goes, are your parents Jeff and Becky Brown? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, they're the best, some of the best landlords I ever had. Whoa. So, yeah, he, was, he used to be, uh, I'd go home and uh, tell my parents about this. Like, oh, Eric, yeah, he was uh, a great guy. Back to the wholesome talk. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I Pittsburgh, mean, it's 
I mean, the art world in general, but Pittsburgh, it's, it's, it's a small town masquerading as a city. I tell everyone from out of town who comes in, don't expect a city, especially if they've grown up in a city. Because yeah. you come here, and I grew up in Greensburg, so we both come from oh, like this. Oh, my mom grew up in Greensburg. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah. um, my, uh, my, my mom's uncle dated uh, Shirley Jones back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Partridge family. Yes. Family. Yeah. Come on, well, she was Miss She was Miss Pittsburgh. Actually, there's um, out in... Denver, in a, not Denver, just in Colorado in general, there is a Partridge Family Temple. It's a cult based on the Partridge Family. Excuse me? So I'm kicking myself. I need to go the next time um, she's doing a book signing. Upstairs, I have the Partridge Family Temple Bible that was sent by uh, Whale Song Partridge. The guy changed his name to Whale Song Partridge. But okay. it's very groovy stuff. <laughs> I, the interview's over. We're going upstairs. I'm I'm taking the Bible. Yeah. It's done. Um, I don't even know where I was. What going am I gonna read every night before I go to bed? Anymore. No, I'm reading it now. That's probably why you're getting sleep paralysis. Oh, imagine possibly. just like the Partridge family surrounding your bed. Was it? What, was Terrifying. it Danny Tamborelli? Is that? No, no. That's 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 all that. And uh, who, no, I'm I thinking of another little redheaded Danny fr- Partridge. Duh. Yeah. No, no. Who? What was? Who's I the don't actor? Their names. Yeah, I'm trying. to... I remember his name. He played the youngest. Uh, I know who he is, though. He's the, the most controversial one out of all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, but it's also, he's another redhead with uh, freckles. He should have tried out to be, uh, for the, he, made, he would have won the Pippi Longstocking oh, competition. No. no. After that, I made him pull out that Partridge Family Bible, and I read it cover to cover. Really, I just skimmed it. Thank you for listening to our talk for pghmuseums.org. That was Zach Brown. I am RJ Cozane. And editing was done by myself and Brian Crawford. Today's music was Wallpaper by Kevin McLeod and can be found at filmmusic.io, licensed through the Creative Commons. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most places podcasts are found. Video can be streamed on our Instagram, Facebook, it's up on YouTube as well. And we do this normally every two weeks. We are made possible by our members and by you, if you remember or not. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're also made possible by our affiliated museums and for Sidekick Media. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and I will see you in two weeks for episode three.